Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, right here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Block Talk Radio. Your host, Oscar Lopez, in the house, alongside the always informative and college football guru, Troy Wilson, episode 228. And today we're going to have a great show, WFA Playoffs. We're going to be talking Los Angeles Warriors, San Diego Rebellion of the WFA, Tier 1, Tier 2. Plus, we are going to have the return of FX, FXX Mexico founder Chel Rubio Sosa, who's going to be talking to us about the 2018 season that just happened in Mexico. And on top of that, we are going to be uh, talking uh, German League, Finnish uh, finals, as well as Maple League and Swedish finals. Um, so we got a lot to talk about in the next two hours. Uh, we are going to have in the house LA Warriors coach Bobby Patterson. Lucretia Greer and Monique Boone. And after that, we are going to have uh, owner and quarterback of the San Diego Rebellion, uh, Nenji Martin, to talk about their playoff run as well. But, uh, Troy, let's kick it off here. Uh, the Legends Football League, the last three weeks have been very exciting ball 16 14, 44 uh, 42. Um, besides this past weekend's route, of the Denver Dream, which we, we knew already Denver was not going to be on par with the Knights. But, uh, uh, Troy, let, let's, let's recap your uh, LFL week seven through um, week nine here, and then we're going to end up previewing week ten here as we get started here. Uh, but week seven, what a game. Michelle Marshall in the fourth quarter um, does it again, 16-14, to 14, kind of what they did to Atlanta Steam. And Los Angeles really 0-3 now. So their only, their only desperation move here is to win in Denver in Week 10. Yeah, I mean, right now that's all they can really do. I mean, because they are they are really um, hurting at the quarterback position and also uh, all of a sudden at the center position because they're just not they're not getting very good play um, out of those spots and. You know, and, and I understand that you they, you do have uh, injuries. Salerno's out for the season, um, but man, they they really struggled out there, uh, just trying to handle the football, just trying to do basic football things, just handling the snap. Um, it, it became you know an adventure, just you know just trying to snap the football, and watching it. Watching that out there, knowing the, the 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 kind of coach that Coach Tui is and the kind of program that he had, I know it has to be frustrating for him, you know, to watch that. And you have, and, you know, to their credit, they have a quarterback back there who is, you know, she she's never played quarterback before. You know, Michelle Kenny, this is her first time, uh, you know, playing the position, and she, you know, in the first drive, I mean, it looked like if they tried to go to, um, you know, to some veterans. Uh, out there, um, you know, they they tried to get um, you know their um, their tight ends involved. Um, Sherry Wusu, she was out there, um, you know, trying um, Awaza Awaga, excuse me. Um, started off, she had a great juggling catch. 
Um, she had a strong run, and then they threw a short pa- touchdown pass to her, and then they just kind of went away from her. And I just think it really started to unravel a little bit because every time they snapped the football, it was just an adventure. Um, she was trying to find her footing, um, trying to become a bona fide LFL quarterback, but it's, it's going to take more than one year uh, to get her up to speed. And I, I'm not sure how much they practice or what their practice time is, but um, they're definitely going to have to do a whole lot more, uh, especially with uh, snapping the football. Um, it, it was just, it was really just a wreck out there just watching them uh, try to do that. But I mean, let's, let's give them credit. Even with, um, uh, you know, with the bad snaps, they still had a chance to win that game. And I think a lot of that was due to just the way that they play defense and, um, the you know, and leadership that they have out there. Uh, the player I was really so impressed with with that L.A. team was Megan Hansen. I mean, that that's a baller right there. That's the middle linebacker out there. She's replacing a Hall of Famer uh, in Monique Axiola. And – she is a she is tough. I mean, she has a nose for the football. She was everywhere. She's big. She's rangy. She's smart. She's mean. You know, I was watching. You know, somebody ran across her. Across her. You, you, you know, she does what a middle linebacker is supposed to do is disrupt the route, and she does that every single play. She's always in the right position. Um, uh, got an interception in the end zone. They really, you know, kept them in the game, and I was surprised because that Austin offense um, is, is very strong. I mean, they are, you know, one of the top scoring teams in the LFL. And to hold them the way that they did, it was impressive. Uh, but at the end of it, you know, Austin, they came out there and they had some firepower. Um, you know, it was a lot of really bad decision-making. I mean, like, especially in the third quarter, Austin gets the um, L.A. offsides, but they completed pass to the one-yard line. And so at that point, it would be fourth and one. They take the offsides. And then they get the ball back on the five-yard line, so they wanted to get two downs. And L.A.'s defense, they were tough all day. You don't take that penalty at that point. Um, to Shea Winfrey, she had her, she she had to put her team on her back, but you know they got stopped at that point. But she had to put her team on the back after that stop, um, because after another um, you know bad snap that went through the end zone and gave Austin a safety at two points. Um, and then, you know, uh, Tashay Winfrey comes back and she throws a deep pass for a touchdown. That that was just really all over the place with that team, and I'm really surprised at the, off, at, at the way that they played, especially on offense. But you got to take your head off to that L.A. defense. They came to play even though they've been ravaged with um, – you know, they've been having a little bit of bad play this year also. But they really kind of stepped up in this game, and they tried to show their might. Unfortunately, they took the loss. They're 0-3 right now. Austin right now leading the Western Division, which no, except for you, and I have to give you credit for this because you called this in the beginning of the season. You called that Austin would be up there, and right now they're sitting at two and one in that Western Conference Division. Seattle is taking a seat back. LA is taking a seat back. Right now, Austin is, is is really ready to take over that division, especially with all the talent that they have, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I was impressed that they did make enough plays. Uh, to get it going, but going forward, they're going to have to play better than that if they're going to expect to be an upper echelon team and a team that's actually going to, you know, take it a little bit further in the playoffs and contend for a championship. No, I agree with Troy. That my thing with Austin is they kind of downplayed themselves offensively, and I think Winfrey didn't uh, didn't do enough to where she got that, but also. 
for uh, receivers dropped a lot of balls. McCormick, uh, Lalani, and um, and Marshall. And almost everybody dropped Marshall. balls during yeah. the game. Those were all crucial drops too. They were like five yards or more. They would have gotten them into the red zone. So technically, if you want to talk about it, L.A. really salvaged uh, their performance on that day because they really stepped up. Harvey and you said Hanson, as well as uh, Chichindu. Uh, so they all pretty much played their heart out, but there's just no way you can have an anemic uh, offense and still be able to pull it off. And I think the center really was a detriment for L.A. in that game. If she doesn't pull that tie, maybe overtime, and then the opportunity was there for Los Angeles to maybe punch one in and win again. But, uh, yeah, this is kind of like an Austin team that did not play up to their potential. Uh, they did a great job against Atlanta, and I think here you would have thought they would have opened it up a little more. So uh, Michael Oliveira really has to kind of reassess this, her, uh, his team now. Um, Troy, what do you look at? Uh, wow, Michelle Angel. Wow. I mean, it just that's all I can say. This, she has literally put the Seattle Miss on her back and has literally put enough attitude into it, and they almost, almost take care of uh, the Atlanta team, even with Christelle Harris as the impact player that she was in that game. Michelle Angel has to be looked at as pound for pound the toughest player in, in women's football. I mean, no matter what division, no matter what conference it is, no matter what league it is, I, I just think I, I, just to watch her play was I, I literally was just I was watching this game and I was standing I was sitting on the edge of my seat the entire game because Troy did you teams, Troy did you see the attitude across Did you see the attitude where she oh, challenged man. the linebacker She's like bring it exactly yeah, right before the snap I was like wow <laughs> and the thing is and the times where I've seen that she she has this thing with her where she knows her team needs that. She knows that her team needs a spark. Like everyone else on their team is, you know, they're a little bit quiet and they're a little timid, and it's fine. And she's she's the alpha, so she stands out amongst them, and she has to get them going. And because she knows that once she does that, her team is going to have to have her back. And listen to their credit, especially with with Coach Bellamy. To their credit, man, they turned that around. I mean, listen, when they play Nashville, this team, they had a fight, and it looked like it was just Michelle Angel. But, listen, that whole team started to rally around Michelle Angel and, and, and Coach Bellamy, and they started throwing haymakers back at Atlanta, and Atlanta punched them in the mouth from start to finish, especially with Chris Dell Harris. I mean, Chris Dell Harris sets an LFL record running for 123 yards at halftime. I mean, listen, they, they got punched in the mouth, but to their credit, I mean, they, they fought back, and listen – I'm watching this game, and I'm saying to myself, Seattle, they have no attitude on defense. And I was writing, I was writing down my notes, and I said, unfortunately, they can't put Michelle Angel on defense because she's too valuable to put on defense in case she gets hurt. As I'm writing this down, she comes in a free safety. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Kidding me? She's coming in a free safety right now, and what did she do? She came out there, and she gave her team a lift. She has so much hey, Troy, and Troy, you got excited, right? <laughs> you oh, my you God, man. You got excited. Me? Are you kidding me? Listen, this, listen. I, I don't like quarterbacks really at all, okay? But if your quarterback can come in and play free safety and come in and stick her shoulder in against the Ferrari, 
I mean, come on now. I mean, against uh, Alfie, Alfie running the ball. Alfie was running the ball like a horse out there. She was a monster, and she stuck her nose in there every single time and got in their faces afterwards. You gotta love that from your quarterback. If you are on a team and you see your quarterback putting herself on the line, throwing her shoulder in there, throwing shoulder. And, and making tackles and, and sticking her nose in there and getting nose to nose with the toughest, meanest guy, meanest players on the other team, you can't help but just be. You can't help but being affected by that. And so I watched that team really rally around them, and I couldn't. That was one of the best games I've seen in a long time from both sides of the both sides of the ball. But i you know what, Michelle Angel, I, I got a man, dude. She was awesome. That was a, that's an absolute football player right there. Troy, um, did Atlanta, you think, I kind of watched the last fourth quarter, and you could tell that Dane Robinson was like, oh, my God, this is not the Chicago Bliss games where they just kind of just, you know, they cave in and they almost lose. You know what I mean? And you had Dakota Hughes almost limping towards the last quarter because this, the Seattle Miss D was coming. They were coming with heat, and they knew it. And so, um, but let's not shine away from uh, Misty Gonzalez. What do you say about those plays? You send the uh, with the the left is it left guard, I believe. You send her out a oh, tackle. You send her out uh, a tie, uh, out, and every time they, they Atlanta didn't have an answer for. Her. I mean, God, you got to just give credit to to the coach in uh, in Seattle because he was just playing it over and over and over until they figured it out. And you know what? To their credit, Misty Gonzalez, she's she's not the fastest player out there. But listen, when it came down to it, she was absolutely the most reliable. She was the one out there. She wasn't dropping, the, you know, the passes that everyone else was out there dropping. Ashley Baker Tatum dropped so many passes. She made an excellent pass uh, catch at the back of the end zone. But for the most part, she was dropping a lot of easy balls. Uh, Jasmine Carter dropped a few balls. She put the ball on the ground. Misty Gonzalez was the security blanket for Michelle Angel. And, you know, by getting her the ball, a reliable target, regardless of speed and measurements and all of that stuff, Misty Gonzalez was out there and she was handling business. She, her hands were reliable. She caught the football. She secured the football. She got upfield. And when, you know, and that's all you need to do. That's the name of the game is move the ball down the field. And if you can keep doing that, you can, you, you're, you know, you have a good chance to win. No one saw that coming. I mean, she's, you know, scoring touchdowns out there. That was just that was a coming out game for Misty Gonzalez. I mean, she really showed her medal out there. Another player I was super impressed with was Jasmine Carter. I mentioned her earlier. You know, she's five two, uh, but you know what? She was chugging it up in there, and especially in the passing game. I mean, reliable hands out of the backfield. She was just she was fantastic out there, and I just I was really proud of the effort that they had out there, especially since the last time we saw them in that Nashville game. They kind of took a thrashing. And they went up against an Atlanta team that really out-talented them pretty much at every single position, um, except, in my opinion, quarterback. I know I love Dakota Hughes, but I just think right now Michelle Angel is just a step above pretty much most of the quarterbacks that are in the LFL right now. But I just think other everywhere else, Atlanta out-talented them, and they really went nose-to-nose and toe-to-toe with that team. And I, I expect to see Atlanta at least in the Eastern Conference Championship game this year. So I'm very proud of the effort of Seattle. I know they, they're, they're having a tough season right now, but the future looks good for them as long as they keep going in that direction. 
But listen, let's, Troy, would let's you talk say, a little bit about – Would you say that this this team is probably the best team in the LFL right now at 0-2? I mean, comparable maybe to Nashville? Because I don't even think Chicago looked this – I mean, I'm talking about the resiliency and the, the determination to not give up. They're, they're dangerous. You're talking at about – At 0-2, they're dangerous. You're talking about Seattle? And so – Oh, yeah. Yeah, Seattle. That's oh, what yeah. I mean. They're dangerous. And so yeah. now you go toe to toe with Nashville, which is an all star squad with Randall and, and Matheny. And all of a sudden you go with, into Atlanta and you, you go up against the best running back in the Legends Football League, which is Christelle Harris and Dakota Hughes. So you almost pull a victory on two elite teams considered with all stars, pretty much. And so. I just you got to give this this missed coaching staff and this quarterback Michelle Angel just just a ton of credit. I mean they just they are they are ready. If 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 the defense on the miss side just starts to gel, watch out. Yeah, I mean that's I I think that's the key. I think that's the key. I think what that what they're missing a little bit on defense is they're missing a little bit of attitude and they're missing a little bit of fundamentals. And you, you know, uh, Coach Bellamy kind of alluded to it uh, a lot during, you know, during the broadcast uh, when he was mic'd up, is that they aren't playing their assignments. They're they're, they're just not. They're kind of just running around, and you know, they're, they're they're there's effort there, but they have to think a little bit more and not just you know uh, rush upfield and then rush downfield. They have to kind of stay in their lanes. And, you know, because Christelle Harris, she was cutting back pretty much every time. I mean, they, they basically ran her on a sweep, I think, uh, about 70 to 80% of the time. And so they needed to shore that up, and they just couldn't do it. After I mean, they did in the second half a little bit more. Uh, they, you know, she ran for about 50 yards in the second half. I mean, she really kind of took over in the fourth quarter. It just looked like they kind of just took a break in the third quarter and just, you know, were kind of messing around, as Atlanta is prone to do by the way, because I started to sit there and say, is this the same Atlanta team that's going to blow another lead? And it's just like, I just think that that's, that's part of their DNA. But it was good to see them at least finish the game and then finish it with a, you know by winning the game. And that's something that I think they need a confidence booster. But the biggest thing for Atlanta is going forward is are, they may be the class of the East. And they may be the strongest team uh, out there, but are they going to be able to finish? Do they have enough confidence that they can go toe-to-toe with, say, a Nashville if they see them in the playoffs and still finish that out, you know, and go uh, the entire four quarters with that lead? That remains to be seen. And I think we saw a little bit of glimpse of that when Seattle was a good team despite their record, and they're playing against a good team. Nashville's better than Seattle, so they can't have that kind of performance if once they play a team like Nashville, they're going to have to be able to finish these games and they're going to have to finish it early to get that confidence that they can be a championship football team. No, right, and I think that's where I'm. I'm. In, I just I'm just impressed uh, because you know when uh, this whole offseason thing came about and they were going to have no quarterback and Michelle was going to be probably in in Nashville and all of a sudden here she arrives in. Seattle with uh, Nicole Peterson and everybody else. And here we are, they're competitive. And so they're just, they're competitive and you got to give them credit, even though their own two record, they've lost their own two record is not, but much, but what under 10 points in both games. So that's impressive. 
Yeah, so, uh, they, let's they go into the No Joke Football they, Huddle and sponsored by Zazzle.com. And uh, you can get 15% off daily at Zazzle.com. So let's go into the huddle and let's talk to the founder of FFX Mexico, uh, Ichel Rubio Sosa. Ichel, ¿cómo estás? Gracias por estar con nosotros hoy y hacer el tiempo. Claro que sí, con muchísimo gusto aquí presentes. Ichel, estás conmigo y estás con Troy Wilson. Él habla y experto en fútbol colegial en Estados Unidos y en la NFL. Um, Michelle, ¿cómo estuvo la, la temporada? Uh, al, al fin, los Masters, la división Masters salió bien. Uh, Titanes y Lobos, uh, un final bueno, lo miramos por el stream también. Este, so, uh, uh, habla de ese, de ese encuentro. Claro que sí, pues realmente estamos muy contentos y muy emocionados por la muchísima gente y toda la participación que tuvieron las chicas. Fue realmente la primera temporada de fútbol máster contra once que se juega en México. Tuvimos grandes resultados. Fue televisado y más o menos 300.000 personas me observaron este juego. Michelle, este, muchas, muchas, este, éxitos en las tres divisiones, también en las otras divisiones y So, el, el estado de las de las de los equipos es van a estar este incorporando intermasters vaso el, el roster de la del de los equipos o vaso las organizaciones de mantener a cierto organización para subir al, a la siguiente división cómo va a estar eso realmente nuestro sueño toda la vida fue convertir el fútbol arena en fútbol once. Este es un proceso. Los equipos tienen que fortalecerse tanto en cantidad de jugadoras como en organización, infraestructura, para poder dar este salto. Nosotros como liga vamos a ofertar el fútbol once temporada tras temporada, es decir, en la temporada de primavera y en la temporada de otoño. Los equipos que ahorita llegaron a su mejor nivel en las conferencias de, de arena, se les está invitando para que den ese salto y se conviertan en fútbol máster, 11 contra 11. Esperemos que para la próxima temporada, la temporada de otoño, pues se inscriban muchísimo más equipos y sean, se fortalezca esta, esta conferencia. Y Chel, este, ¿cómo ha estado todo la, el fanat, los fanáticos? Este, ¿Creció en esa forma o cómo ha estado el apoyo de la, de la gente? Pues estamos muy contentos por eso. Justamente te comentaba que en la final nos hicieron favor de televisarlo. Tanta fue la afición. En campo llegaron aproximadamente en las tres finales como unas mil personas. Y al televisar el, la final de, la, de Master nos reporta la televisora que fueron más de 300 mil espectadores quienes estuvieron al pendiente de este, de este evento único en México, el juego de femenil 11 contra 11. La liga ha crecido. Um, ¿Qué es tu visión para el 2019? Es este mantener el Masters en, en el número de equipos que están ahorita y mantener las, las otras dos divisiones o van a crecer más? Nuestra intención siempre es crecer mucho, crecer más. En 2019 esperamos tener, si no el doble de equipos en Masters, y al menos abastecerlo más. Esta temporada abrimos con solo cinco escuadras. Yo espero que teniendo ocho, teniendo diez escuadras, podamos hacer muchísimo más dinámica la, la temporada de máster. En nuestras conferencias de arena realmente estamos bien. Tenemos conferencias de, de ocho o nueve equipos en, estas, en, esta, en esta modalidad. 
sin embargo queremos crecer más y próximamente pues ya segmentarlo por edades o por nivel de juego. Bueno, realmente nosotros estamos eh, segmentados por nivel de juegos, pero sí nos gustaría emular un poco lo que hacen las conferencias infantiles, juveniles, que es determinadas por cierta edad. Estamos en crecimiento para hacer eso. De igual manera, te comento, ahorita nos estamos preparando para el siguiente nacional que se va a jugar aquí en México, en Mérida, Yucatán. Se va a hacer el 22 de agosto, del 22 al 26 de agosto, perdón. Este Y bueno, Aquí en México están muchas escuadras interesadas, no solamente en el área metropolitana, sino, sino en distintos estados de la República Mexicana, puesto que el fútbol americano a nivel nacional está creciendo mucho. Y bueno, nuestra intención siempre es, es quedar como campeones. Se supone este la preparación para el, el siguiente uh, competencia internacional del IFAB, se supone que es el gol. So, este, el, la selección nacional, he mirado que hay más ligas ya interesadas, Lexfa o, o FAFE de, en, en Cancún. So, hay más este, ya este, organizaciones que se van a querer este, incorporar con la federación, se supone para hacer más fuerte el equipo nacional para el siguiente torneo, ¿no? Por supuesto, a raíz del, del mundial pasado, pues México y muchas ligas despertaron y están interesados en participar con sus jugadoras en este nacional. Eh, nuestra intención como Liga SXS pues es seguir al pie del cañón, ser punta de lanza en el fútbol americano y preparar a las mejores atletas para que de igual manera para este próximo mundial pues las volteen a ver y, y seamos parte de la representatividad del país Echel, ¿no han tenido conversación con uh, ciertos este, uh, redes sociales como Tercer Cuarto que cubre uh, ONEFA y cubre las otras uh, organizaciones para hacer como streams de los campeonatos, porque yo sé que han, tuvieron soporte de ciertas este, uh, televisión y todo eso, pero ¿hay algo serio para hacer algo de los juegos más este, live stream o nomás los, el campeonato, por supone, o los semifinales? De primera instancia nos acercamos con Máximo Avance, que fue quien nos, nos televisaron, y están de igual manera an, analizándolo para ir promoviendo más el fútbol americano con estas estas transmisiones y demás. Usualmente nos están invitando a sus programas y bueno, todo la, el apoyo que nos han dado y la difusión hasta el momento nos ha caído muy bien, pero de igual manera estamos buscando que esta sea muchísimo más y tener más presencia, que nos conozcan, que el mundo sepa del fútbol americano femenino. Michelle, han sido cambios de ustedes en las, en las redes sociales, ¿verdad? En el Instagram a uh en el Facebook, en el Twitter también. ¿Cómo, cómo ha trabajado eso para ustedes para este, traer más atención? Pues muy bien, ya sabes que es, a veces que la manera de atraer a las, a las jóvenes, a, a las chicas, es mediante estas redes sociales. Recientemente abrimos nuestro Instagram y rapidísimo creció. De igual manera tenemos Twitter, tenemos Facebook, que es la manera más directa de comunicarnos con jugadoras, con padres, con aficionados, y tenemos muy buena respuesta, tenemos unos excelentes números en nuestras redes sociales. Y Chel, este, uh, coches femenil, teníamos uh, nomás como unos uh, bajo que cinco. ¿Hay un programa para empezar a incorporar uh, coches uh, femeninos en, en este, coordinadores ofensivos o defensivos? ¿Es, hay, ¿Es un plan, un gol? 
Eh, realmente no, te mentiría si te dijera que tengamos un, un plan de capacitación para, la, para los coaches en femenil. Sin embargo, la federación nos ayuda con programas certificados para para preparar a estos coaches. La verdad es que los coaches se acercan y nos apoyan conforme a las necesidades que tengan cada, cada equipo y también es mucho aquí en México por amiguismos o favoritismos de si, si hay algún papá o alguna jugadora que sea novia o hermana o, o simplemente el gran interés que te, tienen los coaches de participar en esta modalidad, pues es algo aún en México todavía, digamos, virgen, muy joven, para donde pueden incursionar estos coaches. Ok, nomás, uh, nomás te pregunto porque yo sé que en los Estados Unidos y Canadá ya ha empezado el proceso para incorporar ciertas certificaciones con uh, para incorporar a you know, alguien femenil, ya haciendo coach femenil para uh, uh, utilizarlos en ciertos equipos también. So, um, So, máximo avance, es, es era bueno el, el campeonato en todos los niveles, los tres juegos se, se pusieron este uh, agresivos y buenos resultados, uh, el, los mejores equipos salieron, a uh, los lobos se supone que uh, hicieron su parte de contra los titanes, so, uh, era buena temporada 2018, ¿no? Excelente temporada, te, te comento rápidamente, en Masters, pues realmente nos sorprendieron los dos equipos, tanto Titanes decidió no salir la temporada pasada para concentrarse en el máster, se preparó un año para esta temporada y dio unos resultados extraordinarios, toda la temporada se fue invicto salvo este último juego, mientras que las Lobos Femenil de Toluca pues hicieron también su gran labor, era un equipo realmente pequeño de 19, 19 chicas apenas y son chicas que aun cuando su edad es muy corta tienen muchísima experiencia porque vienen de las infantiles, es decir que desde los 4 o 5 años están jugando tochito, eh, entraban a su proceso de infantil, están jugando desde pequeñitas y son chicas que tienen 10, 15 años jugando equipadas, entonces pues tienen toda la experiencia del mundo. Eh, eso es en, en cuanto a la división Master Ladies, en nuestra división Extreme, en nuestra división Premier, que eran las las divisiones de arena, pues de igual manera nos sorprendieron. Riders de Arboleda se preparó muy bien, fue ahí donde recibimos las finales, y bueno, tanto la afición como, como las mismas chicas y demás estaban prendidísimos, hicieron un espectacular papel contra las Jaguares de, de Coacalco, que también hicieron una extraordinaria temporada, poco a poco se fueron posicionando en la tabla de posiciones para llegar a competir a esta, a esta final. Y en nuestra división de abajo, que fue Pantera Suex contra Aguis, pues se repitió la final de hace un año. Son dos equipos muy contendientes que estuvieron ahí rivalizando en la tabla de posiciones durante toda la temporada y terminó esa final con una diferencia de apenas unos puntos, dos o tres puntos, y realmente nos tenían al borde del, del asiento. Las tres finales fueron bastante agradables para nosotros. De hecho, en, en breve creo que se van a retransmitir en la, en la página de Facebook, nos, nos grabaron los juegos y demás, entonces están invitados para que vean y vivan y revivan esa emoción de las de las finales FXF. Los patrocinos, Echel, eh, ¿has adquirido más patrocinos con la con el con todo lo que ha pasado ahorita en las redes sociales y, y las y las relaciones como con Máximo Avance? ¿Has adquirido más este, información de otras personas a, 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 a recierto a la liga? 
Pues mira, la verdad es que sí, ya, ya nos están volteando a ver un poquito. Falta consolidar ese, ese interés con, con un patrocinio en especie o en, o en, en económico. Este, pero sí, de, de primera instancia tenemos este American Nutrition, que es una marca de, de proteínas que ha estado apoyando a las chicas, ahora va a apoyar a las chicas seleccionadas para el próximo nacional con proteínas especialmente dirigidas a jugadores de fútbol americano. Estamos viendo con planes de, de gobierno, si nos, si nos pueden apoyar un poquito más, tenemos papás entusiastas que siempre están ahí atrás de nosotros con un respaldo, aunque muy muy pequeñito económicamente, pero sí muy significativo para impulsar algunos, algunas situaciones de la liga. Este, los clubs también nos ayudan mucho, como es el, el club de Rayos Ar Arboledas, que nos abrió las puertas para organizar la final a un muy bajo costo. Eh, todos estos apoyos pues nos ayudan para, para el crecimiento de la liga. Y Chel, este, ¿no hay una oportunidad de probablemente poner un juego de exhibición con la LFA? la liga profesional no no has, ha sido algo de conversación con ellos no vas para poner no, algo de exhibición realmente no hemos tenido acercamientos pero sí es una magnífica idea es algo que hemos querido hacer yo espero que para la próxima temporada podamos hacer un convenio donde jueguen ellos y juguemos nosotras para que haya mayor difusión en ambas en ambas ligas ya yeah, porque lo hacen en Canadá incorporando con las you know, la, la liga de de fútbol de, de canadense. Um, so, Ichel, este, eh, mucho mucho uh, uh, éxito. Queríamos traerte porque habíamos hablado anterior entre la temporada y el, la división de Masters Ladies, uh, hablábamos uh, que eran de 11 a 11 y, y era muy buen éxito ahorita, especialmente todos pensábamos que las vaquingas iban a hacer algo de efecto, pero al, al final salieron los lobos y uh, excelente equipo. Excelente equipo, en efecto, pues mira, te agradezco mucho toda la difusión que, que ustedes nos dan, pues nos ayuda muchísimo a que nos conozcan y a, y a fortalecernos a nosotros como liga. Te agradezco mucho la atención y pues estamos para, para servirte, ¿sale? Gracias, Ichel. A buen, a buen este, a 2019. Vamos a estar en contacto cuando empiece la temporada. Y eh, otra vez, el, el, la selección este, nacional es el, en agosto, ¿no? La competencia. La competencia nacional va a ser a finales de agosto, del 23 al 26, allá en Mérida, Yucatán. Estamos preparándonos para dar un ex extraordinario papel. Este nacional también se juega 11 contra 11 y es el segundo que emite la Federación Mexicana de Fútbol Americano en pro al crecimiento del deporte de las mujeres. Y vas a tener uh, detalles y fotos y todo eso en, la, en las redes sociales, ¿verdad? Claro que sí, lo vamos a estar subiendo, vamos a estar transmitiendo, vamos a, a, a mandar los juegos y bueno, Ahí tendremos todas las noticias acerca de las elecciones XF. Ok, Chel, gracias. Uh, buenas tardes y uh, por hacer el esfuerzo en la entrevista. Vamos a estar en contacto y esperamos este, la acción y, el ex y todo bueno que viene para 2019 de la FFX México. Te agradezco muchísimo. Estamos ahí en contacto. Adiós. Bye, bye. All right, Troy, that's the, uh, the founder and, uh, of FXX Mexico, the Echel Rubio Sosa, and she has uh, just an amazing uh, strides. She's made so much strides. It's just uh, awesome. I was talking to her off air uh, about two days ago uh, when we were trying to make the, uh, the interview and everything else happening, and um, her struggles are pretty real right now, Troy. She has no real sponsorship. 
She's not been able to get anybody's attention to give her, you know, a live feed, but she did have one outlet that has been supportive so far, Maximo Advance, which is basically a regional TV. So um, other than that, um, she's made some real strides. And now they're going to have the national uh, tryouts basically in um, Cancun. It's coming up in August and they're going to be more interest because a lot more leagues have incorporated into the national federation where now they're going to be basically uh, prepping for the next world championship and trying to select various uh, athletes from the various regions of Mexico. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I was uh, just looking up and, um, you know, checking that the finals uh, just happened uh, with Toluca and, you know, hopefully they get a little bit more exposure. Um, I went to Canada last year and, and kind of showed out up there and got third place. So, Hopefully that will allow them to be a little bit more visible. And, um, and you know, and hopefully that will garner uh, sponsorships also for them because, I mean, they, they, she runs a great league. And, you know, just the more, um, you know, visibility they have, uh, that just gives them a better chance to, to have some of those sponsorships and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, we're hoping the best for them. Yeah, and it's growing. The sport is growing. Um, and just to let you know, uh, Legend-style play in Mexico, it is burning up. We had LFP, Liga del Pacifico, last week with uh, Luis Gomez. We have WFL. We have LFB, FXL. Um, so all those leagues are blowing up, and a lot of their players are playing with, you know, what they consider bikini football, what we consider Legend-style, Legends Football League-style. And literally Mexico is the number one region for recruitment now for Legends uh, Football League, which is amazing. And the reason for that is because 90% of all females in Mexico play flag football. So this is kind of like an enticing, you know, uh, what do you call it, another level for flag football, which you go to the you go to the player and you go, hey, you play flag football, you're awesome. Hey, by the way, how would you like to tackle somebody in the same contest? So everybody's just there in you for go. it, you know there what I mean? <laughs> Got a little bit of a farm system going on down there, so that that that's that Seriously. goes well for the future of it. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm just saying the enticement, right? You're playing flag football. There's no contact, and all of a sudden you just say, "Well, you come to play my league." There's contact plus flag football. <laughs> so that's just oh yeah, you get the you know, that both just, worlds. There you go. <laughs> that just grabs that just grabs somebody's aggression right there, especially if you're on defense. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, now I can tackle somebody. Crazy. Um, Troy, we're talking uh, Legends Football League here before we get into our next uh, interview segment uh, with the Los Angeles Warriors. Um, but we were talking Nashville literally routes uh, Denver 94-20, to 20, kind of a reminder of last year for Denver. Um, and I, I, just, I, I don't know if I want to see this game because I heard that uh, Stevie Schnorr and, uh, every, and they were hanging out in the stands drinking beer for a small oh portion of a couple, a couple minutes because it was just so wide open. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a hangout at Nashville Auditorium <laughs> for Stevie Schnorr and the company oh, out there. Um, so I saw it on IG, and I was just blown away. <laughs> and only in the LFL, by the way, just to let you know, <laughs> that would happen. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's the ultimate slap. So it wasn't a dream yeah. thing. It was a nightmare in Nashville for the Denver Dream. Uh, they played a good yeah. game the first game, but – like I said before, uh, on, during that first game, what did I say? Omaha isn't, you know, <laughs> isn't comparable to Atlanta, Chicago, or anybody else. 
So they played a decent game against right. their own level of competition, and all of a sudden here they get whacked. They get whacked by Matheny and company, uh, 94 to 20. You'll get to see that game this weekend um, if you want to see it. If you don't want to see it, there it is, <laughs> 90, 94 to 20. <laughs> uh, so, Troy, before we get our next guest, at, uh, week 10 here, Temptation Nation, you said it, Tui probably not happy right now. Offensively, they got their woes. They go up against Denver, and if Denver is any angry of getting routed 94 to 20, this would be the perfect opportunity at home to just, you know, punch L.A. in the mouth and shut their season off at 0-4. Yeah, I mean, this for this for L.A., this is a get-right game. Um, you know, you got to go into there and, and kind of, um, you know, get that nasty taste out of your mouth by getting a W and, and making this one count. And so, uh, you know, Coach Tui, he's, you know, he, he's he's been coaching his tail off. And, you know, he'll have his team going. I mean, I, I don't really anticipate that they'll get too much of a, um, of a speed bump, more, anything more than a speed bump from this Denver team. But, you know, uh, stranger things have happened, but I, maybe not that strange. I mean, so seeing yeah, what, we, and what we've seen from that Denver team. I can tell you right now, um, I don't want to be the predictor of bad news, but I think Denver goes 0-3 and, and L.A. will come in with fury because – this is a kind of a slap in their face on history. They have never finished 0-4 in this league. They've always been elite. And this year is probably their worst game. And so they don't want to go, they don't want to go out like that, 0-4. I know Chichindu's got too much pride. Harvey's got too much pride. I doubt they want to go out that way. So, um, so we'll, we'll see how the outcome is on that. Um, let's give, uh, Troy, let's give a congratulations and awesome uh, championship up in Canada. The Regina Riot win back-to-back championships. They beat their rivals 14-10, to the Saskatoon Valkyries, who have owned this league in championships. And so we – this year they kind of switched up the thing because last year it was kind of lopsided. Their last two championships were so lopsided. This year they did a cross-conference, ended up in the same format, basically. The only difference is now we had the two best teams in the championship game. You can catch it on Facebook. And watch it, replay it. It's a very awesome game. 14 to 10. Saskatoon had the lead uh, pretty much for a couple quarters. And then uh, Regina steps up and wins. Uh, shout, uh, shout out to Carly Kent out there, who's on our IG gallery. So check out our Instagram at Gridiron Beauties. And you can check out Carly uh, uh, Kent out there from the Regina Riot. And then over in the Maritime, the championship happened. Fredrickson Gladiators. Uh, laid down the Halifax explosion 27 to six. Congratulations to uh, Fredrickson uh, Gladiators for winning their championship. And so uh, that's what happened in Canada, Troy, this past weekend. Championships, hardware given to the Regina Riot, back to back champions, and Fredrickson Gla- uh, Gladiators as, as well, victorious. So tell me a little bit like, why did they do the cross conference uh, championship style this year? They did the cross-conference championships. Uh-huh. My understanding was because uh, the, the championship games were a blowout and the league just didn't feel like that was the way to go because it was kind of like uh-huh. they were getting routed in the championship. So what they did is they, when, they, when it came time to playoffs, they had separate divisions, the Prairie and the Western. Once everybody was locked in for the playoffs, they switched out in terms of conferences. So in other words, um, one, in, you know, one from one division to the other, they switched out. So Calgary, for example, and Edmonton are in the West. So they would face 
the eastern side, the prairie side, and then the winners from those two sides then obviously come up with the championship, which we knew when that happened that obviously Saskatoon and Regina were the better squads, and they would end up here. And I think hats off to them. They did a good job of doing that because the, the end result proves it. Uh, we had an amazing game, 14-10, to 10, and uh, it was very competitive, and that's what you want to see for a championship game instead of a route like a 94 to 20 in Nashville. Not really good. You know, I like that. I mean, I like, I like them when, you know, conferences, I mean, uh, when, you know, you have a, a, you know, a league that'll, you know, kind of think outside of the box and, you know, just to make play fair. And also that, that also entices fans. I mean, cause that's what we want to see, right? You all, you want to see a tight game, a close game, you know, nobody goes there to see blowouts unless you're the team that's blowing the other team out, you know, but even the fans, you know, if you're a fan of the other team, you still want to see an exciting game. I mean, so I, you know, hats off to them for for making that happen. That's a, that's a great idea. And Troy, you got to give you give you the results for the cross conference last weekend: Saskatoon thirty, Calgary Rage six, Regina forty five, Edmonton nine. So, if you would have done it traditionally, guess what? We were we probably would have had a fifty six to ten championship win by probably Regina at this point or, or Saskatoon. So that wouldn't have been yeah. a fun outcome. This way it was more closer. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, for for three quarters it was 10-0 Saskatoon and then eventually Regina came up and edged them 14-10. to 10. So that was really great. So hats off to the WWCFL uh, leadership like you said for kind of being aware of that and trying something new to just make sure that you know it uh, stays competitive. The Calgary Rage and Edmonton Storm, I will give them credit. They have improved. The Western Conference has improved with Lethbridge, uh, but st- they still have a long ways to go in terms of maybe getting up to that final stage, which is the championship, in which the league at this point wants to really put the two best teams. So this was actually, Troy, this is what you call interstate rivalry championship. It was from Saskatoon, the province, which is Regina and Saskatoon. So that was an extra added bonus there because it's just in-state rivalry, so that added excitement. Gotcha. Interesting. I, I like that. I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, you know, I think the N- NBA was thinking about doing something like that where they were trying to change the um, the way the playoff standings would go where it would be, um, you know, the, the number one seed would, instead of playing the eighth seed in the West, they would play the number 16 seed overall. And the NBA was actually thinking about doing that. I think that will that that brings kind of you know some intrigue to these games. So that's a great idea for them. Hats off to them. All right. Um, so congratulations to the Regina Riot. Check out uh, Carly Kent's out on our IG at Instagram.com for slash Beauties. and you can uh, uh, check out um, the Fredericton Gladiators on our Facebook page as their victorious twenty-seven six victory. So let's go into the second huddle. Right here, sponsored by Zazzle.com. Go up to Zazzle, up to 15% off daily. Uh, you can customize tees, hoodies, and leggings. Support our awareness project. Every sale goes to spotlight another talented player out there in the women's game. So go to Zazzle.com forward slash great iron beauties and uh, make sure you use the daily codes 15% off. So let's go ahead and bring in the Los Angeles. Warriors of the WFA, and I should have Coach Patterson, Bobby Patterson, Lucretia Greer, and I should have Monique Boone in the house here. 
guys, welcome. You're on with uh, myself and Troy Wilson. And uh, so, Coach, let's let's start you off here. Uh, a good season, schedule-wise, probably not as as competitive as you wanted it to be, but you're here. So this is this is zero zero, as they say. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, we're hoping for a full season, um, but we just play whoever lines up in front of us. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate the way things happen, but uh, football is football, so we're ready to play. Coach Peterson, um, you have very, very talented all-stars on this team. You can literally consider it a superstar in terms of talent. Um, you guys have faced Portland, uh, you know, earlier in the season and won decisively. So is the game plan changed at all here, or are we just sticking with what works? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we always look to improve on uh, things that we did in previous games. Uh, we looked at film and, uh, you know, the game, we – it was a good game, but I felt like, you know, it wasn't our best game. And, you know, when we played Portland the first time, uh, that was probably our only – probably our second game we played all season. Um, so, since then, we've had uh, some more uh, games played and a whole lot more practices. So, um, you know, I I think we're ready to go for the playoffs and facing Portland. Um, we want to win the turnover battle. I think that was tremendous for us last time we played them was the turnover battle, and uh, we really want to stick to doing that. And you have some playmakers on this team that a lot of people aren't aware of because, you know, we don't have, obviously, video and stuff like that. But if you watch huddle coverage, there's a lot of good mm-hmm. players on your squad in terms of uh, between uh, the great Mary Rose Roach, former right. uh, LFL, as well as WFA legend. Then you have mm-hmm. uh, Lisa King, of course. Right. And then you have Yuki, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think it's Hamaguchi. You have Ashley Austin Bean. Yeah. And then you've got mm-hmm. your uh, amazing running back as well. So um, mm-hmm. I think Priscilla, right? Priscilla Gardner. Yes. Yeah. So you so you got a, you got playmakers on here. So um, I am putting you uh, to kind of edge the shockwave, but uh, your real threat here will be the Phenom and, and Lon Turner and the Kansas City Kansas City Titans from what I can see here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've watched film on them and, uh, you know, I, I, I think any good team is coached well. I, you know, I look at the coaches' demeanor on the sideline and what they're doing as well, and they look organized. I, I think it's going to be a really good and fun game to uh, play, but um, we don't definitely don't want to look past Portland. I think, um, you know, playoffs is a different uh, element of football, and I definitely don't expect the same Portland team. Um, so our focus has really been towards Portland and making sure we get that done and then moving on to Kansas City. But here and there, I watch film on them. Um, I'm excited to play them. Um, I'm excited to play, uh, is it Austin? Uh, Arlington. Arlington, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to play either team. Both teams look like they're ready to go. Look like it'd be a whole lot of fun for us. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, Coach Patterson, Veronica Ferguson and Holly Petrie really want another crack, and to take you guys down, take you guys down in the playoffs would just be yeah. icing on the cake for them. Oh, I'm sure it would be for anybody. 
we're we're ready for it. We're not turning that down by any means necessary. Uh, You know, I I think that's what makes football great is, you know, uh, just the competitiveness of it. And, you know, Portland is a very competitive team. I mean, the score may not reflect it, but, you know, I I played against this team when they were – healthy and strong about two years ago, and they gave us a really good, hard-fought battle. I think we only won by a touchdown. Um, That's correct. So, again, I, um, I'm i looking forward to a different team, and it's going to be a really good playoff game. Monique, uh, I spoke to you earlier in the season before the whole season started. We talked about marketing and, and putting together this team, and then all of a sudden Central Cal kind of dissolves, and we get kind of like a Central Cal type of, you know, uh, South in, in a way, if you, when you look at it, if you follow the league a long time. So, you know, the blend of Central Cal Angels and you got Chantel also. Um, I don't know what happened there, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming you guys got some sort of Gatorade contract and nutrition stuff going on because everybody <laughs> just decided to go South. <laughs> I, I think the, the Warriors, um, over the years, we've built a really great foundation, a great organization, and um, we just started to attract people. And um, unfortunately, the War Angels folded this season, and, you know, we said our doors open, and, and they came. So, um, you know, the players that played players on that team last year, like Chan, Chan and, and – uh, Alexis Snyder uh, and so on and so forth. So forth. Um, um, have been and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. You, doesn't hurt you pick up. You pick up Mary Rose pick Roach. I'm top of Lisa King. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a diamond in a rough for sure. For oh, uh, she. But you know, Mary Rose has such a great attitude. She's she's uh She's willing to do anything asked of her, and uh, the good thing about her is she plays multiple positions, and um, we actually use her in multiple positions, turn kicks, offense and defense. She does it all. She's really a a treat to have on the team. Let's bring in Troy here uh, to pick your guys' brains because uh, (laughs) this is is an exciting exciting tier two playoff format. format. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hey, so, you know, saying that, you know, you, you guys didn't really get a chance to play as many games as you wanted to, but do you think that that is an advantage or a disadvantage for you guys? I mean, because I would think that, you, you know, you don't have as much wear and tear, so you probably don't have as many injuries, at least hopefully. Uh, but at the same time, you don't really get a chance to – I guess, uh, you know, as they say, still sharp and still. But, I mean, you know, looking for the scores from you guys, you know, a lot of these teams were just a little bit more than a speed bump to you guys. So what do you think going forward as far as, like, your preparation, as far as how much uh, work you guys get get to put in during the season? Do you think that not having those games to play would help or hinder you guys at this point? Um, I guess I'll go ahead and answer that, at least from a player's perspective. Um, this is Elsie Lucretia. Um, I feel that it just made us more hungry. It gave us more opportunities to hone in on our craft, and that's probably why you see the score sometimes the way it is, is because we are that much hungrier. Like, nobody wants to play us, so we're going to play ourselves that much tougher. And it gave us the opportunity, kind of like the concept of iron sharpens iron. So, I mean, 
we're just 11 hungry group of people just really just want to play a good game of football. Go, go. So, so what kind of offense and defense do you guys run? Because, uh, I mean, it looks like you guys put up a whole lot of points, and you really don't give up, give up a whole lot of points either. So, you know, what, what sets do you guys run on your offense and defense? Uh, I'll go ahead and answer that. Um, I mean, offensively, we, we try to run a spread offense, uh, although lately we've been getting into more of a pro set, and that's just because of the um, two running backs we have on our team that are, are both threats. And uh, I like to have both of them on the field at the same time because it really, I feel it puts a lot of defenses that we play in a bind because they never really know who they need to gear towards. Um, and then we also have a really good quarterback and we have some good receivers. Um, so we're able to play 50-50 ball. Uh, but offensively, we really just try to uh, use the field to our advantage and spread the ball out that way. Um Defensively, we play an aggressive defense. Uh, we like to play a 5-2, uh, but every now and then we'll switch it up every, uh, every now and then. But uh, we do like to play an aggressive defense. How do you guys recruit the athletes that you guys do get, um, that you guys get in your program? Um, so, and, and what are their, you know, some of the similar backgrounds? Is it track backgrounds, soccer backgrounds? Like, what is the background that you see mostly for the, for the ladies that you guys bring into your programs? Go ahead, Mom. Um, let's see. So, um, like, like I was saying before about foundation and just kind of that attracting people in our way we run our organization, um, also, I mean, we do have track stars, and then we have um, people that have that don't like to run, but we throw them <laughs> out there. Um, also, <laughs> like Priscilla. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I mean, a lot of it's word of mouth and friends, and they'll come on. Uh, so. It's just a lot of, like, promoting social media and, like I said, the product we put out on the field, we're able to attract all walks of life, people that have never played an organized sport to people that have played football in high school, um, in college, so on and so forth. Gotcha. So so going forward into the playoffs, this is this is you know it's starting to you know uh, start it's going to heat up now. So are you guys looking forward to you know the grind when it comes down to this? I mean because you know there there are two weeks in between these playoff games. Are you guys looking forward to the grind? And and how do you guys prepare for these games? I mean, uh, do do the other teams send you guys film or, or how does that work? <laughs> or do you already have these things going? Because I'm really interested in, like, the preparation that goes into these things. Oh, well, I mean, they're supposed to send us film. We don't always get it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I didn't think so. I didn't think yeah. so. <laughs> I think unless you're stealing the huddle account, that's the only way you're going to get it. The film or do I know? Right. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, even then they don't even send it through huddle. Um, but, you know, I, I – to me, as a head coach of this football team, I, I feel it's very important that these women uh, understand the meaning of practice and how to practice. Uh, a lot of uh, 
people who watch us uh, may think, well, you know, how does the, how do the Warriors do what they do on the field, you know, playing less games and things like that? And it all goes back to practice. We practice really, really hard. These women practice hard. Um, yes. And I put it on them. I put a lot of pressure on them because, you know, football is not an overnight sport. You know, I'm 35. I've been playing football since I was four. And ever since I can remember, football has always been a grind. And that's the only way you get better at the sport. Um, and like Mo said, we this team has been together for quite some time. We added some War Angel players and some other players here and there. But uh, the big part of this team, we've been playing together and coaching together for the past three years. Um, that was the goal is to establish a culture. And a big focus of our culture is practice. Um, so we really practice really hard. That's how we prepare. Um, in our practices, we work situations, uh, first down, third down. We work blitz, uh, goal line, special teams. We do it all. I really try to create an environment um, for these women that a lot of them will never get to experience, like myself. Um, who played high school football and got a scholarship and went on to do other things. Women don't get that opportunity. Um, so my practices, I really try to create a uh, professional or college-level style practice where these women can actually get that experience um, on the football field. Yeah, and we also, to caveat with that, we also do a lot of work off the field as well. Um, we have film sessions with each other. We talk to each other. We ask each other questions. We work out even outside of practice. We get together. We literally blood, sweat, and tears when it comes to football. Like, our life stops for, like, nine months out of the year because it's all about football. We're that focused on just finishing the best season we can. And that's beautiful. I mean, listen, you you guys have been tearing it up this year, and you guys have uh, you got Portland coming up. You already beat them fifty-two to eight. Mm-hmm. I know you guys said you're not looking past them, but something in you has to be like, man, we can smell championship at this point. I I know you're feeling it. I know you're feeling it. <laughs> so I've been, I've it's like that jelly donut that's left on the counter. <laughs> I've been smelling it since the beginning of the season. Um, there we go. There we go. You know, exactly. It, well, yeah, well, we don't, on the, we, who steps on the field to have practice? Who steps on the field to have their first game get canceled, their second game get canceled? Who steps on the field not thinking about, hey, you know what, at the end of the day, we're going to go all the way. Like, who? if you don't have that right. mentality, you don't need to play. Right. right. See, I love, <laughs> I love that. See, see, that's what I like to hear. I like to hear competitors. It's not afraid yeah. to sit back and say we're good, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I love that right. about you guys, man. So we're definitely, I'm definitely keeping my eye on you guys, man, because it's really exciting. I want to see the scores. I want to see the, the, the scores get real high, and I want to see you guys push forward. So we're definitely going to be keeping our eyes on you. So I appreciate you guys answering all my crazy questions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so, LC, let's bring you in here. Defensively, you guys have been stout. Now Portland pretty much going to be the obstacle. But like I said, if you get past Portland here, it's going to be a great clash against the Titans because they look pretty good too. Yeah, um, I like like defense. I play offense. I like like our team. And, like, for me, when it comes down to defense, look to the sideline, see what spread they want us to play, and we just run in there and literally every play, six seconds at a time, shut them down, 
stop the ball, intercept the pass, just getting at it every play. Coach uh, Patterson here. Uh, you guys have basically kind of merged into this one team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like you guys replaced the elite <laughs> of last mm-hmm. year, sort of mm-hmm. in a way with all the talent and all the, uh, you know, everybody that's so, so awesome. Um, but I mean, this is, this is what it boils down to here. Atlanta is, is, is the goal and you guys are literally right. two steps closer to Atlanta and Arlington right. has played well. Uh, this mm-hmm. weekend, I expect Arlington to pick up a good fight against Kansas City. I'm not, uh, you know, taking them off. But Kansas City, right. I think, maybe prevail. Um, so this mm-hmm. whole Tier 1 mentality is just so intense now because even if you, for example, on a scenario, make it past Kansas City as an example, you get to feel uh, a DC Diva, Boston Renegades, or Pittsburgh Passion. So that's going to be even right. more of a competitive clash. You know what I, 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 you know, just thinking about the championship and, and just the way that the WFA, uh, you know, does the W Bowl, uh, the championship game, it, it's really fun. I, I played men's semi pro football, and it's it's one of those things. And I've won several championships there, but it's one of those things in in men's semi pro football where it's just a championship. You know, you wake up, you go to a field, you play, you win a game, and that's it. But the WFA, women's football, they make it just like a weekend. It's almost, you know, it's it's not the NFL, but it's just close to one of those weekends where it's just you just want to be involved in everything. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm just really looking forward to that, just being involved in, in all the awards and the games and, and doing all that. It's going to be a really fun weekend. Um, if we get to that point where we, we beat uh, these next two teams in front of us. Monique, uh, social media-wise, you guys have stepped up your game this year. You talked about it on our last interview, so um, some somewhat more interactive, especially on Twitter, as I've seen there, and IG. Um, a, lot of, a lot of teams that kind of fade away from Facebook a lot, but most of it's going on you know, IG because you can do stories, you can do a lot more impactful stuff even Snapchat as we've gone to. So uh, on the social mm-hmm. media level at this point, are you guys evaluating certain platforms for more engagement? Uh, right now, I mean, and we've, we've expanded to Snapchat as well. Um, I feel like our Instagram has more uh, interaction and also our Twitter, but uh, Facebook is like where our mass, like, mass population mass fans are um are located so a lot more like information wise goes on facebook but more and then more fun things go on uh instagram or twitter or even even our snapchat so like on snapchat on wednesday it's always a warrior takeover so people get to keep learn more about a player and what they do off the field and uh their lives so um and it's great for me even to watch because i don't know sometimes what people do during the day i'm like you're a football player you're supposed to be doing football um so oh, and they can um, win tickets too that's right and usually it's, it's it's winning tickets on wednesday as well on snapchat so um yeah so we we do do all those things on all the platforms how has that been uh in terms of like fan receptive have you gotten a lot more fans when they come in to watch you guys and say hey, we we saw that on on this platform and that platform, I guess keeping track as to which one's more engaging. I'm 
I'm not sure how that entails to um, onto like the stands yet, because as you can see, our schedule, the amount of games we've had this season, but um, of interaction, engagement, at people following us, it's definitely has grown um, tremendously over just the past two months or so. Um, we had an additional 500 people follow us, um, which is amazing compared to what it was uh, back in last year where maybe it was like 100 people would start following us. So um, with that, even just the foot traffic online has definitely been a positive for us. Are you guys planning to do any Facebook Lives coming next season? A lot of teams are doing Facebook Lives. Pretty nice to kind of engage pregame and then try to get hyped for the game and all that stuff. Are you guys kind of had that conversation yet? Um, we actually have been having that conversation just for this upcoming game um, of going Facebook Live, maybe for pregame, just to give people like the look at, hey, we're stretching and just interacting with fans that way. Um, and then also it'll just be a conversation moving forward. Uh, if somehow Macy Reigns gives us another home game this playoff <laughs> um, <laughs> or, uh, or just moving forward in general, uh, which is off season talk, but I'm not looking at off season yet. We're still in, in season. So. All right. How's the fundraising been going for you guys? Um, I know the goal is Atlanta at this point to, you know, we go week to week and we spread out after this weekend. It's obviously another fundraising uh, stretch. So how's the fundraising going so far? I mean, it's, it's actually going, sure, yeah, it's actually going really well. Um, we're actually planning on having a car wash next weekend. We're always available for sponsors, so you can hit me up at lacretia at com or ladevelopment at gmail.com if you would like to donate your beautiful money to our organization. We are a nonprofit, and it is tax deductible. Awesome money. Awesome money. <coughs> All right, so you guys are set. I think uh, Coach Patterson, a uh, mindset one game at a time, as every other coach that we talk to. Uh, Portland right. is obviously going to be ready. And if they're listening right. to this, uh, you know, interaction with us, they're going to be more ready because obviously <laughs> they want to go to Atlanta as well. So it's just it's one game you're in, right? It's, 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 that's all it yeah. is. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Win or go There's home. Whatever was played, right, exactly. So at this point, uh, L.A. looks very, very good. And based on your guys' on-field play, uh, excellent. So uh, the Shockwave do have an obstacle here, as well as we could see them surprised. So let's, uh, let's you know, let's, stranger things have happened, of course. But for the most part, yep. this is what the matchup is. L.A. Uh, against uh, the Portland Shockwave this weekend. And it's going to be very mm -hmm. awesome uh, to see uh, the likes of Veronica Ferguson, Holly Petrie versus uh, Lisa King, Marisa Roach, as well as Monique Moan here and, Lucretia uh, Greer. So it's going to be pretty awesome to kind of witness and kind of see what the result will be. Right. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys have played well. So, um, I mean, you can only play your schedule as we talked about before. So um, um, Monique, can you let everybody know where they can uh, hook up with all you guys on all the platforms? I think she okay, dropped I, off, maybe. 
Okay, okay maybe. Um, let's see here. I know that you can definitely follow us on Snapchat at LAWarriors.com or just Google LA Warriors. We're also the LA Warriors underscore football on Instagram, and we are LA Warriors Women Tackle Football on Facebook. All right. So, Lucretia and Coach Patterson and uh, Monique, thank you for making the time today. Look forward to the result on Saturday. And let's hope uh, we can chat another time during this playoff run. But good luck against uh, Portland this weekend. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. All right, Troy, there you go. Uh, Coach Patterson and the L.A. Warriors, I think they're ready. Uh, I think they really yeah. need to be ready. But they can't have a letdown because I think Portland – Portland's a different team. This is the playoffs. They've been here before. They got shafted a year and a half ago when they didn't make the playoffs, and they had a good 6-3 and three record as well. So um, I don't think they're coming in here to lose either. Yeah, I mean, and they still have that better taste in their mouth, you know, from the earlier portion of the season, you know, 52-8. to eight. I mean, who's not going to remember that one as a, as a football player? You're definitely going to want to turn that around. So, um, you know, going forward, I mean, they're going to have their work cut out for them. I don't think, you know, and, and the good thing is their mentality is is that they're not looking past anyone because, you know, they're, they're you know, taking championship, and that's what champions do. So, um, looking forward to see how the L.A. plays out and um, how they're going to fare against Portland. It's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, and I think that they have um, they have firepower. We talked about they got Le- uh, the owner of the WFA, Lisa King. They got Mayor's Rose Roach, who used to be in the LFL, legendary LFL uh, player as well for uh, in Philly, out in Philly. And now she's in LA, uh, but they do have firepower, and they got Priscilla Gardner as well. And so, but I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna count out Portland yet. I think they they got fight in them. They should be able to muster it up and uh, put a good fight. And hopefully, it's not gonna be lopsided. Um, I'm actually more excited, Troy, Portland here, which, uh, you know, it's probably the case. If they get past Portland here, uh, I am more excited to watch Arlington, Kansas City, because this is going to be a clash of clashes. If the impact, make an impact in Kansas City, it's going to be huge. They beat the, the, the Dallas Elite in the last week of the season to get into the playoffs, and now they were 6-1. and one. They're out to prove that they are legit. And then Kansas City, you know, the opportunity is there with Sowers and, and Leash and company out there with a two-quarterback set and everything else that they've done this season looks to me like now they're ready to go to the next level. So the opportunity, we talked to Neil last weekend, the opportunity to see a rookie quarterback and somehow go up against a veteran quarterback like Chantel Williams of the L.A. Warriors, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially with the, you know, the phenom back there, back there, and Kansas City has kind of taken their criticism this year as far as like how they're imploring that, um, you know, that two quarterback system. But hey, they're in the playoffs now, and so you know, whatever they've been doing uh, going forward is, you know, obviously has been working because it got them in the playoffs, and we'll see how it pans out for them. So definitely looking forward to seeing how how Brooke and 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 um you know and how Katie Sowers is going to uh, fare out there. That's going to be an interesting set just to see how that pans out. So definitely keep my eyes on that one also. All right, and uh let's go into the second No Joke Football Huddle sponsored by Zazzle.com. Once again, you guys can go to zazzle.com, save 15% off daily 
at Zazzle.com, Great Iron Beauties for customizable tees, hoodies, and leggings. And you can actually subscribe to Zazzle Black, and it's about $9.99 for the year, and you get free shipping. You can also subscribe to our Apple Podcast weekly. Search Great Iron Beauties, download it. You can listen to Troy 24-7 at Apple Podcasts. Uh, search Great Iron Beauties. You can also subscribe to us on TuneIn and the TuneIn app, and also follow us here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch amazing shared videos of women playing American football globally. And thanks for those that have subscribed to our uh, channel. And add us on Snapchat as well. And don't forget to go to the Twitter force. Twitter force now almost 6,000 strong. So I really, really appreciate everybody going on Twitter daily for breaking news and updates. So let's bring in more playoff talk right here in the No Joke Football Huddle. And uh, let's uh, bring in the San Diego Rebellion owner and QB, Nenji Martin, in the house talking WFA 2018 playoffs. Nenji, what's going on? Hi there. How are you? I'm sitting here. I got Katie sitting next to me. We're, we're excited that you invited us on the show. Well, we, we could not not invite you on the show with the great season you guys have had. Um, and you guys are here and in the mix and uh, for a first-year you know, first team. And you're at quarterback, I think, for the first year, right? That is correct. Quarterback, first-year quarterback, um, feeling pretty good about it. I think I've, I've done my part to help keep our team, you know, on the right path and we're where we want to be, so – so, Nenji, uh, the North Stars kind of well, went away here in the IWFL, and you guys kind of like revitalized yourselves as a San Diego Rebellion here in the southern side. We just talked to the Warriors, which are in the Tier 1. Here's Tier 2. Mm-hmm. Um, you're heading to Mile High. They have yep. had uh, somewhat of a letdown three weeks. They haven't played their best football. I'm pretty sure they're going to come in. You know, you guys are coming in the house. I'm pretty sure this is – Way different season for them. They got to step it up. This is like deal breaker for them. For you guys, this is a huge uh, uh, accomplishment in year one. Been a great run for us. We've had um, a lot go on this season, but I think it's what's made us the team that we are. Um, you know, we have phenomenal athletes. We have great coaches, and you know, we've done a great job of trying to, you know, make our group feel like everything that we do is building towards something that's bigger than just the individuals that make up the whole. Now, uh, Nenji, when I last talked to you, this is well, uh, about a year ago, probably. And you were in the IWFL. Uh-huh. We talked about the changes in women's football, the, all the stuff. And we got the IWFL as a dumpster fire this year, a, a hopeful <laughs> start. And all of a sudden it goes to a dumpster fire. Um, you come into the WFA I thought at the beginning of the year, just my personal opinion, when I saw you shift and I'm like, why is she shifting? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, all this other stuff happened in the off season with other teams. And then we have the best of the West tournament coming up here in July or whatever. And so I, I think this is where you need to be in my, is, is my point. This is where you need to be the WFA. No, I, I agree with that. I think we took a look at the teams we knew we were going to be playing and the teams that we had the potential of playing in the IWFL, and this was the better fit. This was the competition level that we were hoping for. Um, so, you know, we, we're definitely where we want to be, and we're going to keep growing. 
Now, uh, Nenji, what is the marketing aspect of it? You, you basically start from ground up, or did you rebrand the North Stars into the Rebellion? Um, so for us, I don't think it was anything about rebranding. The, the North County Stars were their own entity. Um, while we did take players from them, the culture that we established with the Rebellion was something that we had tried to establish there and hadn't been able to. And so we knew that that wasn't a fit for us and that wasn't a culture that we wanted. So the Rebellion is a brainchild of um, Katie's business side, my football side, and the wants and desires of the players that were committed to our program. You know, we asked for everybody's input. We wanted everybody to be part of our mission vision statement. And so this has been, you know, a team that is built on – I think three different fundamentals. It's, you know, about the players, it's about the business, and it's about the football. Nanji, we talked to uh, Odessa. We've talked to different owners in the league. Um, your, everybody has a different approach to how to run the business and aspect. Player first is always the attitude. You being a former player and all of a sudden now you're part of ownership and some of the intangibles that it takes to run a team. And so now you're in the playoffs. So tell us a little bit about the fanfare and what kind of, you know, crowds did you guys get this, this season in terms of your games? So I think that has been something that we've been really trying to figure out this season. I know that mile high gets the blaze. They get great turnouts at their games. Um, with that said, we get, you know, two to 4,000 views of our live stream. So we're getting fans watching our games and, and being excited about women's football. But right now we found that it's in a different way than we thought it was going to be. You know, we were hoping to pack the stands every game, and instead, you know, we got 2,000, 4,000 views of our game. So, you know, our goal for the upcoming season is to, to figure out how those teams are doing it, reach out to the community, figure out what they want at those games, because we think that football is great in person. Like, that's it's one of the most exciting things you can do is go to a football game. And so we want, you know, as many bodies and seats as we can get, but we also love that live stream. We love that people across the country can watch us play here in San Diego. Now, having no chargers in that region, you would assume you could take advantage of that with the high schools and the colleges and maybe build relationships that way because being a focal point there in, in Southern Cal, especially with no, uh, with the San Diego search being the only other option out there. Um, so, I mean, there's just like two of you guys basically, and then there's what a tier, a couple of tier three teams around locally. But for the most part, is that your goal next year? Just to kind of like, work on the physicality of the fans or are you going to just try to drive that with your uh, successful uh, live stream? It's all of the above. It's everything. Um, You know, we've made some great contacts with the NFL alumni association. We've made great contacts with, um, you know, a lot of the high schools here in the area. We're trying to get some things set up with some of the colleges here in the area just to get ourselves out there. But I think it's, it's all about community reach and just getting our name out there, getting women's football out there, getting the San Diego Rebellion out there. Um, everybody that finds out about us, that sees our highlights, that watches our games, they love it. They want to be a part of it. So, it's, you know, we're a first-year team, and um, we're just excited that we have the opportunity to keep growing and getting better and bigger. All right. I'll just throw, let's throw a Troy in here to pick your brain as well on your success this season. Yeah, I wanted to ask a question about because you know you did uh, take players from um, you know another organization that is now defunct right now. So, how? Well, tell me some of the about some of the difficulties as far as or did you have any difficulties as far as like having the new players kind of buy into the culture 
um, of the of the San Diego Rebellion. So, first off, we didn't steal anybody. We simply um, we approached the entire organization uh, for the North County mm-hmm. Stars, and we we had a number of their coaches that we invited to come join us. There were a couple people in that organization that we just didn't feel fit what we were trying to do. And those were the only people that, you know, we didn't reach out to, but we basically invited everybody to be part of what we were building. Um, And for all the players, we made sure that they knew that wherever they played, we wanted them to be happy. There's so much commitment of money and time in women's football that it can't, you, you can't be mad at somebody for wanting to stay on a team with their friends. So it was about, this is what we're offering. You know, the level of um, buy-in and of accountability that Katie and I require and that we're going to require from every person on this team. And if you want that and you want that structure and you want to compete for championships, come play with us. If you want to go hang out with your friends and you want to play football, go elsewhere. Um, But there was a clear expectation set when we started this organization. When we started it, it was Katie and I. And when we said that we were doing this, people said, I want to go with you. Um, so we never said, hey, you should come with us. We said, this is what we're doing. Anybody that's interested, talk to us. Um, I think that's part of where the buy-in has been, is that we've been very upfront. We've been very open with what our expectations are, where we're trying to take this thing, um, that there is a clear, um, you know, this is a business. We need to, you know, you have to pay your fees or you don't see the field. Some teams say, well, everybody should play football. Well, right now, if you can't do that and you can't bring in sponsorships and you can't work it out with your team, then no, you don't get to play because that's the only way we make it better, where we make people accountable and they know the expectations and they know that they have to help fundraise and they have to show up to events because those are the things you need. But, but no, yeah. Awesome. So, so, you know, looking at your upcoming matchup right now with the Mile High Blaze, um, how do you guys think that you match up with them as far as, you know, your, your personnel and, and, and talk about your chances of coming out of this game victorious? Well, first off, the Mile High Blaze, they're a great organization. Um, they've been around since I was with the Surge, and when I, you know, owned the Surge for that one year in 2013, I think that was their first year. So we know that they are formidable opponents. They've got a good offense. You know, I've looked at their stats. They can throw it. They can run it. Um, their defense is quick and aggressive, and they're going to make you earn everything that you get. Oh, how are so, we going to beat them? Uh, I just—I think we just <laughs> have to play our style of football. Sorry, Katie's like, I, I get caught up. And Katie's like, you forgot half the question. Um, I think the way to beat them is just to play our game. We can't get caught up in the fact that they're a team that's got more players than us or that they've been around longer than us. We just have to focus on playing rebellion football. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, as far as um, the experience on your team, the, the the you know the players on your team have a lot of playoff experience. Are they are they used to this kind of moment uh, going forward? Um, overall, no. I don't. I think that Katie and I have the most experience in this, um, but we have a lot of athletes who have been to big games. We have people who've played, um, you know, collegiate and semi-pro soccer at high levels that have played softball at high levels. So we're not afraid of the spotlight. Um, I, you know, I, I think we're all just excited to have this opportunity. You know, being a first-year team, we knew that everything that we got was because we were going to have to work for it. So we're just excited to have the opportunity to go to Denver and compete with the Blaze. 
And I, honestly, I think that's the most important part of it. I mean, especially with being the first year. I mean, you guys have to be very confident going in there, knowing that this is the first year of, the, of your organization and the team that you guys put together. You guys won games, and you guys won games big, and, and you played your asses off, and now you find yourself in the playoffs. So despite whoever you're going against, I mean, that has to, to bode well for your confidence, right? It does. I mean, we feel good. You know, we, we, we know that we've put in the work to put ourselves in this position. It's not a fluke. We, we know that we earned this. Uh, and so, you know, like I said, we're just we're really excited to get this opportunity, and I think we're all just ready to compete. You know, I'm, I'm very interested in, in, you know, what you said about getting two to 4,000 uh, viewers on your streams. Did you guys promote that? I mean, that's that's a hell of a lot of people to, to, to get to get to, to watch your streams, and, and that's impressive. So how did you guys push that? You know, is it, is it your social media presence? Is it kind of just getting out in the community? Like, how did you guys do it? Um, I think it's a lot about our social media presence. I think it's a lot about our stream. Um, San Diego Digital Imagery has done a phenomenal job filming for us. And so the quality that people are watching isn't somebody's iPad being held up. It's a big TV camera that's getting the right angles. And, you know, next year they want to have a camera on the field so that we can do, you know, instant replays from different angles. But what they've brought to the stream has made it, easy for us to get it out there because anybody who sees it says you got to watch this film. Um, I know when I watch scout film, I'm now, uh, you know, I'm super um, biased towards everybody else because our film is so good. So I think that it's, it's been the promotion of it. It's been us putting it out there and and telling everybody to watch it. But I think it's the quality of the stream that, that we've put out and our announcers have done a great job. You know, we recruited some college guys from one of the local community college colleges who are part of their broadcast program so want to get into this in some way so it's fun for them because they've you know some of them have never done this they're learning on the go they're you know trying to read from a script and trying to you know do the play-by-play and the color and so I think fans love it you know we get things like mustard on the lettuce when there's a flag on the field you don't hear that every day and so it's fun for the fans they get to see their (laughs) players play they get to hear some funny commentary because these guys they're college kids they're you know 19 21 and 22 so it's I think it's just been a, a perfect storm, you know, with, with us getting it out there and the team that we brought in to, to put it together for us. I, I think that's, that's awesome. I mean, cause you know, we interview a lot, we interview a lot of people out there and yep. we try to figure out. And one of the questions that we typically ask is how do you see, you know, the game going and, and how your franchise is going to operate, you know, as far as, getting viewers out there and I just think like the ideas that you you guys have had and implemented and executed I just think that excuse me that bodes well for you know the future of it and I just my hope is that people kind of take that lead uh or or follow your lead rather on on how you guys did that so that that that, to me that's, that's super impressive I think that's awesome well thank you so much we appreciate that all right, uh, Ninji, let's bring in Katie here because she's the leader actually that runs the ship, I know for, for a fact. Um, <laughs> is she the one taking pictures with your tongue sticking out and all that good stuff? <laughs> no, I'm usually right next to Ninji. Um, I know, I know. I'm just joking with her. <laughs> I, I mean, I've known Ninji Martin. Uh, that's the, the trademark that I've known her when I've followed her, either IG or everywhere yep. else. That's her signature trademark. It's always fun and exciting. Yep. So you can't miss it. It's kind of like Odessa yeah. on on the other side, you know. So, um, yeah. but uh, uh, Katie, 
the experience here, obviously, it's a, you know, it's a team. Uh, that's what we're doing here mm-hmm. between you and, uh, and NG, kind of building this brand. So it's a team. Um, is, is it, are you more of the social person out there, the promoter, you know, the, what oh, do you no. call the salesman? No, I am more, I, I'm more on the business side. So outside of football, I work in the corporate world. Um, I've got my MBA. And so I've found a lot of opportunities to take some of my business skills and bring them to the organization. So as far as building a business plan, um, you know, putting that together, building out the budget, making sure that this is actually going to work before we bought, bit, bit into it and took it on. Um, we, I helped write an investment packet. So when we have investors or part, um, partners that want to spend money with the rebellion or invest in the rebellion, we have every detail there so that they know exactly where their money's going, how much it costs to run this organization and, you know, all the opportunities for them to get their brand associated with our brand. I think it's been really important to make sure that we are consistent in how we've branded the rebellion. Um, you know, we have, we put money into our logo. We put, um, you know, a lot of energy into making sure that we were consistent at every single medium where we're putting it out there, making sure that we are getting the brand out there and getting that awareness. Cause that's one of the biggest struggles you have when you're trying to market an organization. Um, so that's really what I've brought to it. The other side of it is um, I, uh, also in my day job, I'm a people manager. And so I have to deal with interpersonal relationships and conflicts. And so we've had, you know, as a new team coming together, you know, you go through the storming, forming, norming and performing phases of building a real team and a real organization. And a lot of times teams struggle when they get to that storming part where there is some conflict and people are asking questions that need answers to them. And we've, instead of getting scared of that and running away from it, we've embraced it. We've brought the whole organization and around it to help us resolve those conflicts and I think it's made us stronger because of that and I don't think that if I hadn't experienced that in the business world I wouldn't have known how to handle it in the sports environment and so I, I, I think it's helped us be as successful as we are so early because we aren't of some of those things that might knock an early team down. So you're more of a hu- uh, human resource resource that's really what <laughs> you boil like down that. to or yeah, a mom that's usually what yeah. my mother would say or a mom yeah um, so, you know, the reality is that, that you guys have really done a well this season uh, on the field, as well as some of the things that you guys done off the field. That's the reason we wanted to bring you in because this is a really nice success story for the WFA in general. Um, the fact that you guys can, you know, start from ground zero and then get to this point of a playoff stage. So it's got to give, uh, got to give you and, uh, Ninji and everybody else that has obviously, uh, done their part, uh, as she said before, to try to you know, get the sponsorships, be out there and grinding and, and getting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the fans to be aware of your branding. So it takes a lot. Um, is that something you might take to the WFA owners meetings in the off season, something that could be uh, beneficial to other teams as well? Definitely. I, I think that one of the things that's lacking in WFA is league wide corporate sponsorships. Um, there's a lot of money out there as far as, you know, huge corporations that want to invest, but you have to put a good product out there. And, you know, each of us individual teams going off to an Under Armour or an Adidas or a Nike and saying, hey, come sponsor us, we don't have a whole lot of pool. But if we can put, you know, a whole league together and say, look, you have 65 teams, this number, many number of athletes times this many number of fans, this is the number of eyeballs you're going to get. Um, that's a little bit more powerful when you're going to a big um, organization like if we can pull that kind of money in, we're going to start to be able to get some recognition because it means that we're getting recognized at a, you know, a global 
um, corporate level. And I think that's one of the things that's going to have to be um, necessary for the WFA and women's football to kind of reach the next level. Katie, you feel the brand stands out now because if you start looking at all the other leagues, they're a little smaller. This is a huge league, but my concept has always been, and I know you could probably, you know, talk to it. My concept has been, you got to take the East coast and wrap it up in a hug and present it as mm-hmm. a professional league, just like you do the national hockey league, the national women's hockey league. Look at just the story there. Let me just tell you the story. Yep. They took, a small brand Dunkin' Donuts sponsor to facilitate and pay for their facilities, right, as, an, as a mm-hmm. sponsor. And they took six teams locally with a short distance because of the travel costs because hockey is similar to football in terms of equipment and, and mm-hmm. you know, time and facility and expenses and everything. You take that model, you put, for example, you know, a, a Passion, a Renegades, a, a Divas, a Sharks, a yeah. Atlanta Phoenix, whatever, you put that – East Coast, right next to the big gorilla, which is the NFL, then maybe you might get the opportunity that the Riveters did with the New Jersey Devils, which at some point, you know, the New Jersey Devils ownership said, hey, we more than happy to uh, fund this because they're a great team. So I think that's, you know, I think that's where I think WFA leadership or ownerships have to sit down and brainstorm is, do we present a six-team East Coast as you know, no different than the AAF, AAF, which is the the Alliance League that's coming up for the men's and all these other men's mm-hmm. leagues that spring up. I mean, it's time to get serious about you know shoving uh, women's football front and center to the big gorilla, but putting it in a in a good spot. You know, there's a lot of D3 colleges that I've researched on the East Coast between Maryland and Pennsylvania and all these places. There's a lot of D3 colleges that will more than happy. Uh, to take in a team like that and have low fees for the facility, but it has to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 60 owners being buying into the future. And I think that's where the, the real question is, but let's get back to the rebellion. You guys have, you guys have done a great season here. Mile high is going to be a great challenge this coming weekend. Uh, yep. Nenji, your QB, uh, they're coming to rattle you. They know how good you are. You've been on the national stage. You've been representing the country as well. So uh, they know you're a veteran. Uh, one thing for them is they obviously want to go forward. They've had a great season the last two years, and they've just not been able to get over the hump. You guys are right here, great season, and you guys expect the same. But at the same time, I think they want to be, oh, they want to get over that. Where you guys are just like we've arrived. So it's going to be a great matchup. Yes, it, it really is. It's we're two teams. We're both hungry, but we're coming at it from very different, you know, sides of this of this match. So. I think it'll be a great game to watch. What is yeah, your expectation I mean, of their uh, their defense? Have you seen their defense? Yes, I have seen their defense. Um, seen some of it. They, I've seen a couple looks from them. They're going to run a three front. They're going to run a four front. They're quick, um, especially their outside linebackers. So they've got fast DBs, so their coverage is, is fairly tight. But, um, you know, I, I know that they're going to bring pressure. If, if they've watched any film on me, and uh, I'm, I'm just excited. Like I said, it's going to be a great game to watch. We've got our live stream going. We've taken our commentators with us. So we're going to give everybody the same, you know, great stream that they've been used to all season, and we're just looking forward to it. All right. Um, you, are you guys uh, doing the uh, Facebook reach Facebook reach for like 20 100 bucks or whatever? They, 
to gather 3,000, 4,000 fans on certain zip code type of mentality yet? Um, I haven't. I have. We have not done anything that okay. major. I like boost things and I'll sometimes target them depending on what we're looking for. Like I used to boost our open workouts and I'll boost some of our um, uh, like events and stuff, but I haven't, I have not paid any sort of significant money to Facebook to promote us. I've been trying to do it grassroots style. Right. No, the only reason I'm saying is because uh, a lot of times, like when I do boosting uh, for my page, it's about 20 bucks to reach 5,000. So if you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, Facebook live, for about twenty to under a hundred bucks, as an example, you for a hundred bucks you can reach almost ten thousand, basically, or less. Yeah. But the bottom line is, it's got to be strategic. In other words, you're just gonna not throw a right. hundred bucks away. But on a weekend right, right, game, right. you know, where it's what's a good rivalry, and you know it's gonna be somewhat of a close game, it really has to be strategic about spending the money that way. But awesome. So, um, well, Mile High is ready for you. I can tell you right now. I heard oh, I know. and I saw on IG you are trying to prepare for the altitude. So that's one of the things that a lot of players don't prepare for, but apparently you're, you're a veteran and uh, you've gone to various places. So you already know that that's a big factor. Yeah. I already know that's a factor. I, I like to be as prepared as I can be. I just, every little thing, even if it's just a mental edge for me, I'll take it. Um, You know, I've been told by several people that the masks don't do anything. I'm still quite content to ride in my mask. I know Katie is so, you know, we're just, like I said, we're excited for this game. We're excited for the stream. We're, our team is excited to go to Denver business trip, and that's, you know, what we're there for. So it'll be a good Saturday. All right. So, Katie, I uh, really, really uh, I want to just want to say a shout-out to you, and not just, you know, not because of anything else, but because you guys have done such a good job on that end as well, and, you, and you're very, very uh, bright. And I know you're going to do wonderful things coming next 2019. So if you can take some of those uh, things to the owners' meetings, that would be something of a, a bonus for everybody involved with the brand and the league itself, not just individual teams, but overall. So uh, hats out to you guys out there in San Diego. And uh, Mile High is ready to blaze the Rebellion, and I'm pretty sure the Rebellion's ready for war here. So we're looking forward to Saturday and the result. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. And we definitely have a list of stuff we're bringing to that WFA owners meeting. Um, Ninja and I, I think, add to it every single week. So we're, we're going to be ready for that. And uh, thank you. I, we definitely are ready for this game. Um, yeah. We're looking forward to the matchup, and we, we uh, hope to put on a good show for all of our fans. Woo! All right. Katie uh, and uh, Ninji, uh, congratulations on the great season. And we are anticipating an amazing matchup this coming Saturdays. And that's going to be uh, – can you let everybody know where we can watch it? Yeah, so you can watch that on the Rebellion Facebook page. Um, that'll have our stream with our announcers. I believe Mile High Blaze is doing a stream as well. So, um, And then, of course, the WFA is going to have both games on their page, so it should be easy to find both of them. But, yeah, San Diego Rebellion Facebook page will have our stream, and we'll be kicking off at um, – it'll be 6.30 mountain, or 6.40 Mountain Time, and it's 5.30 Pacific Time. Um, so we're, we're stoked on it. All right, and you guys can follow the Rebellion uh, on IG as well and also on Twitter as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What's the handles? SC Rebellion. I believe it's at SC Rebellion. I'm really I, as good as I am with social media. I am bad with social media. You're like, what's your handle? I'm like, what's the handle? No, I'm kidding. I kid. Huh? It's not a door handle. It's just a <laughs> Exactly, right? I'm just kidding. Exactly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, 
Nenji, uh, with your tra- trademark uh, tongue out, you're ready. I can tell you because I've seen your, oh, I've seen I'm a couple so posts ready. already. You are, you are I'm so, so hyped for this. Yeah, I. You know so what? I want. I just want to just wish you an upright, uh, you know, intangible for the game. Hope you're not going to get you. so crushed there, because I know uh, Myla's bringing their that. D. So we'll yep, see that. Uh, but looking forward to the stream, and we'll share it as well. And uh, so go rebellion on Saturday. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Go Rebellion. All right, guys. Have a great evening. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right, Troy. Um, I did wish her well, so hopefully she does stay up, right? Oh, yeah, man. This is a a big week coming up. This is going to be huge for a lot of teams, man. So this is playoff football. This is what it's really about. This is all the work everyone put in, all the – you know, the off-season training and the recruiting and all of this stuff, it's, it's, it's time for it to pay off uh, right now. So everybody's chomping at the bit. Everybody's excited. Can't wait to see how all of this stuff plays out. All right. So, Troy, we're going to put you on the spot because you weren't here the last two weeks, and I've been bragging and putting people on, uh, you know, in, in certain things. And certain certain teams on the group boards have taken offense to my predictions, but you know what? That's why we're journalists and we can muscle it in. We'll take it right on the chin. Not a big deal. And if we're wrong, you know, we'll come out and admit it that we're wrong. Um, but we got Kansas city taking on Arlington. Um, I cannot for the life of me go against my, uh, my phenom, which I'm biased to, but I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Kansas city over Arlington at this point. I think Arlington played well against the elite, but, I think Kansas City's playing at a different level, especially with uh, Liz Sowers out there in company. And um, their two-quarterback system has somewhat worked so far, and I think it can continue to to work because they've arrived here. So uh, we'll see how or what Lon Turner and company have uh, up their sleeve against Arlington. So I'm taking Kansas City. Yeah, despite the criticism out there about the two-quarterback system, I just think Kansas City is just too strong. I love the the two-quarterback system. Um, I don't care what anyone says. As a matter of fact, I think more people should implore it. Uh, so I'm going with KC. I'm taking them. I just think they're too strong at this point. All right. We've already decided uh, we're taking Los Angeles over the shockwave. And so unless Portland gets pissed off and mad and angry and starts ravaging Los Angeles, I just don't see it. So I'm taking L.A. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm going on Warriors on this one. Um, you know, the, the Warriors kind of – rolled right over top of them twice. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be much of a matchup. I think this is just going to be a, it's going to be a blowout. And I think LA moves on. All right. Uh, we got Amanda Kangalbi. We talked to her earlier in the season here. It's DC and she's brought them back. She's mustered losses against Boston and Pittsburgh and then turned around and beat Boston and Pittsburgh also. So uh, she's ready for Atlanta. Atlanta's the arch rival. Atlanta has always, this is kind of like, they get to this stage, and it's always the Divas. And so um, I just cannot go against the Divas as good as they're playing right now. You know, I have my doubts about D.C. I mean, I've been on the show, and I'm, I'm from the area, and I'm so used to them being dominant. When I kind of saw them, what I thought was taking a step back this year, I was kind of down on them a little bit. But, man, listen, they circled the wagons. I mean, you know, they come back with the number one seed. Can't go against D.C. right now the way that they're playing. They're they're right now, in, in my opinion, I think I think they, they go all the way to the championship. 
and I'm going to keep that prediction going. So I'm picking D.C. to beat uh, Atlanta on this All one. right. Troy, these aren't the Capitals. Just make sure you understand. These, these are the Divas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the championship town, man. The championship town now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, congratulations, by the way. Uh, Lewis Bean didn't want us to talk hockey, but here we are. All right. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. Great job. I told you you'd beat the Knights. Remember I told you? If Ovechkin gets you in, did. you got to slow them down. You you'd beat the Knights. And I, I thank you for beating the Knights from a Kings fan. We're good. Yeah, you said it, you said it, we slow them down. You said we got them. And we figured a way yep. to kind of slow that speed. So, you know, and then it happened, man, just like you said. Yeah. Uh, from a Kings fan, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, hey, no problem. <laughs> so, uh, Pittsburgh, Boston, uh, this is a tough one. They, yeah, these are two competitors. This is a tough one. And, God, I, I just – I don't know. It, it, I, it's a flip, but uh, I've already flipped my coin, and I'm – unfortunately, I am going to go with the passion. Oh, man. Are you going to um, challenge me? You know what? I'm going to go Boston, man. I'm going to go. I know, I know, look, Boston is going on the road on this one. Pittsburgh is tough as nails at home. Um, I'm just, I, I, I don't know, man. I just think Boston, I, I, I think they're on the rise right now. I think they're going to make the, I think they're going to get this one. This is a, it's kind of a pick them matchup, but since, you know, you got the, um, you know, uh, Boston's going to be on the road. I'm just, I'm going to take the road team on this one, man. It's going to be a close game, though, but I think Boston takes it. I'm going to go Boston. All right, so let's quickly go through W uh, Tier 2 here. Minnesota against Wisconsin. I have no idea why this is even on the map. I just I just know Hanson and company out there, uh, Rorlander and Mrs. Brown out there, Laura Brown, they're just going to take care of business. I know Minnesota just kind of – it's going to walk in uh, just the way it is yeah. with Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, and so Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota. we have any debate there. Uh, San Diego, we no. just – Spoke to Nenji here and Katie and San Diego taking on Mile High. Uh, I know they're listening to us, so uh, I just I I would love to take San Diego right now, but um, and I think I'm going to because Mile High the last three weeks they have not played up to their potential, and if they're going to play up to their potential, they're going to have to come big. And so let me flip the coin. I will take the Blaze. Just because I think they're hungrier and they don't want to be disappointed. They don't want to disappoint their fans at home. What do you think? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And the only reason I say that is, is because I just think that the blaze is just, they've been there before uh, rebellion is their first time. Um, I think that's the intangible. Uh, I, I think both teams are awesome. I think both teams can score a lot and, and both teams are solid on defense. Um, but I just think Mile High has been there before, so I'm going to go with the Blaze on this one. So I will just uh, uh, kind of go back a little bit here. If Nenji stays upright, could edge the Blaze. But at this point, we're taking Mile High, just thinking that they have yep. they, they 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 want it more. Um, the Sharks against Columbus. Game. Columbus is dangerous. They're dangerous. They were not even going to make the playoffs because of Massey. I think these these Columbus Comets are very hungry and angry and they're going to come in and why not take down the Sharks in their season finale? So uh, uh, Mulligan and company, they got to watch out because 
Columbus, I think, has a chip on their shoulder. So uh, even with that, I am going to take New York. I think they're just a more yeah. offensive-minded. They got more, more, more firepower. But I think Columbus could upset. I'm going New York. They're the sharper team. Um, you know, higher seed, number two seed. I think they've earned that. Um, I'm going to go New York on this one. All right. Tampa Bay Inferno against Jacksonville Dixie Blues. I I just I just we stood Miss Moody and Tampa early in the year. Their their eyes are set. There's no St. Louis slam in their obstacle. Uh they have they're one step closer to returning to the championship. I, I just don't see the Inferno falling apart here. I'm taking Tampa. I'm going home team on this one. Um I think Jacksonville is up and coming. Um I think they'll be there. If you know they stay upright, but I think Tampa Bay is just too strong. I'm going Tampa. All right, and we kind of dived into D three uh, tier three last two shows, so if you missed it, go back to episode two two six and two two seven when we talked to the Arkansas Wildcats. Um, so uh, check that out there. Let's go into the international scene because we got seven minutes here. Figure that out. Uh, international scene over in uh, Finland, the Maple League. Women's League, um, we uh, week one it was the uh, Saints. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, week four coming up. It's going to be the Saints against the Helsinki Wolverines. Uh, 0-2 Saints versus 2-0 Wolverines. Uh, then it's uh, also St. Petersburg Valkyries 1-1 versus Helsinki Roosters. At this point, the standings uh, week one, right out of the box, the Valkyries 20-14 versus Tampere. Then Wolverines, the champs, 20 to 8 versus the Roosters. Um, then second week, Wolverines, 28-20 against the Valkyries. They're 2-0. and They are literally on fire right now. They're playing very good ball. Uh, Roosters, 22-7 to as they rebound from the week one loss against the Saints. So it's a very important matchup here. So Valkyries, Roosters, week four. And then I think that's going to be the key matchup there to watch for. In the AFFF, which is the Swedish League, the Super Series, the uh, semifinals are going to be this weekend. Very exciting clashes. We will uh, share the live streams there as well. Stockholm Me Machines, 5-1, will take on Carlsbad Crusaders, 6-2. and two. Uh, Linda Johansson out there, first-year quarterback, just like Nenji Martin, doing a great job with the Crusaders. 6-2 and two Crusaders taking on 5-1 and one Mean Machines. And then on July 1st, it's going to be the undefeated champion, Black Knights of Orobro and uh, Min, Min Ming Zeo out there uh, taking on Orlando Jets 5-1. It's going to be an exciting uh, matchup here. Who moves on to the championship? So we'll see if the Black Knights can repeat, but that's going to be awesome. Then in Germany, uh, this coming uh, weekend in Germany, let me look at the schedule here. It's going to be uh, the uh, Mays Golden Eagles. They will be taking on the uh, Munchen Rangers. You can get the uh, link on our Twitter feed on the standing so far in the uh, uh, Budinza League number one, DBL one, and then DBL two will keep updates as well. So a lot of football being played overseas in Europe as well. On top of that, congratulations again to the Regina Riots for winning the WWCFL 2018 championship back-to-back champions uh, versus the Saskatoon Valkyries, and as, as well as congratulations to the Fredrickson uh, Lady Gladiators uh, beating the Halifax Explosion out there to win the Maritime Women's Football League Championship. 
And so uh, keeping tabs on all that. Um, and then on, if you haven't gone to our Facebook page, go to Facebook page uh, on Great Iron Beauties. You can check out all the results of LFB Cancun action, WFL Mexico uh, out there down south and all the legend style leagues that we follow as well. So check those out. And then FFXL and LFB Tarnell Golden is still going on week three. Get the recaps there on our Facebook page as well. So Troy, this has been like awesome show. I mean, oh, two, two hours. We had the uh, founder uh, at Shell, uh, Rubio Sosa of FFX Mexico down south. We had the LA Warriors in the house as they go against the Portland Shockwave this weekend in Tier 2 WFA. And Nenji Martin, Katie Yacht, uh, at Tier 2 San Diego Rebellion taking on the Mile Blaze. So this weekend is playoff weekend, Troy. This is just going to be awesome. Yeah, man, this is for this is the you know this is who who decides to keep going, man. So this is again what they play for. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be so exciting. Um, uh, trying to figure, you know, trying to follow everything that's going on. I'm going to be watching that rebellion feed. I'm going to see if I can also try to see what I can do with this DC Divas uh, game. Uh, definitely want to keep my eyes on all of this stuff. So a lot going on. So man, we're just going to be chopping. And next week we got you know we'll we'll cover it all for you guys. All right. So, um, you know what, Troy? Congratulations on the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup final. Uh, great series. It's a great final. I watched it every game. It was very intense. And uh, I'm just happy for Ovechkin because he deserves it. Long time coming for that guy. Yeah. So, um, oh, and for Caps fans. Americans deserved it. Caps fans deserved it. This, this city deserved it. It was just a great time. We're still on cloud nine. Ovechkin still hasn't stopped celebrating yet. Neither have we. So I appreciate the love, man. And thank you for everybody out there who congratulated us on our on our title. DC has finally brought back another championship. I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. Definitely talk about it next week. And hopefully the DC Divas do the same thing. But we'll keep you guys posted on that also. All right. You guys can catch Troy anytime you want on TuneIn iTunes, and right here on Block Talk Radio. So um, for Troy Wilson, Oscar Lopez, and for the absent Tracy Brick, Luis Bean, and Holly Custis, this is the Great Iron Blitz. Make sure you uh, catch us weekly as we talk women's American football, and you've been listening to the best podcast covering women's American football on the planet, and you can follow us on Twitter at Great Iron Beauties every single day. So, Troy, it's been awesome. So I'll catch you here next week, and then uh, we'll talk in WFA – semifinals, uh, literally conference finals, as we go into the July uh, month. So it's going to be great. So uh, have a great weekend, Troy. All right, buddy. You too. And to the listeners out there, you guys have a great weekend. Be safe out there and enjoy all of this football. Let us know if you've been watching the football and keep us posted on everything that you guys have. We really appreciate you guys and all the follows, all the listeners and everyone that contributes and make comments on our feeds and the Facebook pages and Twitter. So thank you all. We really love you guys. Thank you so much. All right. So that was Troy Wilson. We'll head out and we'll catch you here next week for another edition of the Grand Blitz right here on TuneIn and Block Talk Radio. Have a great night, everybody. See you guys.